Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, here we are again. How you doing? Good morning to you. It's the, uh, oh, it's July 1. <laughs> I was going to say it was June 31st. Jeez. Oh, 30 days have September, April, June, and November. That was May. What? It's July. I don't know what day it is, okay? So that's it. It's July 1st. I have that right in front of me. God dang it. Anyway, how are you guys doing? I think I'm starting to lose my mind. I'm not kidding. I really, I feel like, um, okay, I'm going to get confessional here for just a bit. Um, and I, I hope I, I don't overstep, but I, I just, yeah, I've been really struggling um, this week. And I I think it has to do with the fact that, I mean, all of my my propensities for negativism and pessimism um, are being borne out. Uh, My pessimism about human nature, about where um, our ability as a nation to rise to this uh, moment. the reality of, of real, I mean, the reality of, of now sort of dropping back and um, hunkering down again when I had been getting out a little bit. I mean, I'm closing back down. I am. Uh, if I was so closed down at the beginning of this, by the way, the first case, We've been in this now for, where did I see the days? For 162 days. 162 days since the first known case in the United States. So it's been fewer days that we have felt like a personal uh, impact. But it's still, uh, you know, I think a good... April, May, June. It's a good four months almost. And the reality that it's going to be, my guess, the rest of this year and into next year, and then who knows? I I heard someone say, and I think I shared this with you a long time ago, that, you know, we shouldn't have to count this year on our, you know, I we shouldn't have to count this year. In other words, um, if you're, you're 63 right now, you should be able to stay 63 for another year because this year shouldn't count because you don't get to live your life. Of course, that's nonsense. This year does count and it feels, well, I said to someone yesterday, I'm just trying to stay alive. I feel like that's what my job is. I'm trying to stay alive, but I don't feel like I'm living a lot of the time. Not always, but a lot of the time. So um, I'm I'm struggling here. I've uh, I've been thinking of you know. I thought, well, just take next week off. And I thought, well, what's the point of that? <laughs> what? Where you going somewhere? Um, you got something to do? Uh, you know, I just <laughs> I want you to know I'm struggling, and I think it's been uh, apparent in uh, some of uh, the recent uh, shows that I've done, and I don't ever want to get where I'm, you know, just not worth anybody's time. So I I just, I also feel, and I'll be quite honest, that you guys aren't there like you were. And I don't know why I'm feeling that, but that just could be my, uh, again, my my pessimism and um, whatever. I'm just telling you, I I thought I should come 
come clean about uh, the fact that I'm that I'm struggling uh, right now, but then who ain't? So uh, let's just get into it. Yesterday, I remember saying I can't wait to read Carl Reiner's obit. Well, I mean, just what an amazing life. What a wondrous human being. God, if there was somebody, you know, if if there's somebody you want to know or have as a friend, there's the guy. Man, Uh, just constantly wanting to laugh, make people laugh, seeing the absurdities in life, a good human being, quite clearly. And um, you can tell from what people have said about him that he was just much, much loved. What a great guy. I, I, he was tweeting, I followed him on Twitter, he was tweeting uh, right up until the, the end, so he must have died very, must have just been wonderful. He had a good death, too. I mean, there was a, he was posing with Mel Brooks just last week in a Black Lives Matter uh, t-shirt. He his last tweet was um, was an anti-Trump tweet. I wish I'd saved it, but I, I it was I think um, he was very political, as is his his son Rob. Um, but my gosh, the. The friends he had, the comp- how would you like it to be at a party with him and his crowd? I mean, Mel Brooks. I mean, that his dearest friend, Mel Mel Brooks, Reiner. Uh, what's his name? Who did uh, God, uh, Norman Lear? I mean, these guys were just wonderfully funny. So in case you hadn't read the obits yourself, can I share a little bit with you that I that I've gleaned? Uh, he was born in the Bronx um, to Irving and Bessie Reiner, and they were poor, and he went off to high school, and he got out of high school, and he went right to work as a a machinist's helper, and uh, and looked to be, uh, you know, going to have a career repairing sewing machines. And um, because there was a depression going on, uh, the government at the time, run by a Democrat, believe that government in times of crisis needed to act. And so under Franklin Delano Roosevelt, the government put, set up lots of programs uh, to give people who were out of work, work, work that would benefit everybody. And, um, Carl Reiner's older brother, Charlie, came home one day and said, hey, I saw this uh, newspaper article about free acting classes that they're doing, um, that the Works, Pro- uh, Works Progress Administration, the WPA, which was an amazing uh, New Deal program uh, that just lifted so many people up. And here's just one, one little thing they did, a free acting class. So Carl Reiner, the uh, sewing machine repairman, goes off to this acting class. And he was asked to, (laughs) 
I've just I just read this somewhere and I don't I don't have it in front of me, but I swear I think he was asked to uh learn and do uh a speech from Hamlet and not not Hamlet's speech, but Queen Gertrude, uh Hamlet's mother's speech. Um after um after Ophelia drowns, if you if you know Hamlet, Gertrude has a wonderful speech, and um, and I guess Reiner was on Conan O'Brien's show, and um, this is just a year or so ago, and he said he said I can still do that speech. So like one of the first things he learned in acting school, he could still do it. He that if you woke me up from a deep sleep and said, do it, I could. His acting career was interrupted, not that it really started much, by World War II, and he went off. But they found out he was funny and could act, and so he ended up in a, um, you know, some kind of a entertainment unit hell of a way to do the war. And he never stopped. Never stopped. A guy who for so long made people laugh. It's one of, you know, one of my greatest joys is making people laugh too. Um, There is nothing better than being able to that gift. And oh my, did he give it. So um, <clears throat> I loved his line, and I don't know if you saw it. There was a, uh, a documentary on HBO, and you should look it up. I'm sure you could get it on demand. Um, this is from, I don't know, can't be that long ago, a um, few years back probably. Um, and it's called If You're Not in the Obit eat breakfast and that's the title of the documentary and it's it borrows the title is borrowed from something carl reiner says in the uh, in the documentary in which he figures prominently it's a documentary about people living well into their 90s and um and in it reiner famously said Every morning I pick up my newspaper, I get the obituary and see if section and see if I'm listed. If I'm not, I'll have my breakfast. So yesterday was the first day that he was in it. And he didn't eat his breakfast. But I just so loved this guy. I mean, who, all the greats of, um, you know, I was thinking, given that we're in a Black Lives Matter um, era, that it is the marginalized and minority communities that are the the petri dishes that a our culture I won't speak to any others our culture's art has always come from it doesn't come from the wasps an occasional writer or an artist here or there The wasps ain't known for their humor. They don't need no humor. They don't need no stinking humor. They own the place. When you're part of a put-upon or marginalized minority community, laughter is often a refuge. And for Jews throughout our history, laughter has been a refuge. 
And so when you look at this, you know, his obit and you see all these names, you know, Sid Caesar, Carl, Carl Reiner, Mel Brooks, uh, um, Norman, Norman Lear, um, and then think of all the others, Rodney Dangerfield, Jack Benny, all those early, 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 and I'm forgetting a million of them, for God's sakes, the Marx Brothers. I mean, Charlie Chaplin was like the oddball in there. It was just tons of Jews who made up this little teeny sliver, right? And then when the Jews got more of a toehold in the majority culture, Jewish humorists didn't die off, but they were lessened. And who comes up and was always there anyway, but really takes over is blacks. And I would say our greatest humorists now are, generally speaking, black people, right? I watched Wanda Sykes the other night. My God, she's funny. Um, so these terrified white folks wanting to preserve their culture I don't even, the American culture is a product, the greatest parts of it are a product of the very people that these white nationalist types want to keep out, would have kept out, would have killed, would have sent away, who knows. I'm sorry, that was a rant I wasn't expecting. So Sid, Sid Caesar was, you know, where he got his start. He was, um, Sid Caesar, I mean, just a total genius, crazy total genius. Um, and, you know, he, he hadn't written a lot of humor up until then, but he'd hang out in the writer's room with Mel Brooks and Neil Simon and the others. And he later said, I became a writer because of that room. I'd say something and somebody would yell, what do you know? You're not a writer. So I became a writer. The 2,000-year-old man series, uh, that was almost all improvised, just off the top of their heads, Brooks and, and Reiner. It was uh, Reiner who started it. He just spontaneously, and he did this a lot, um, and it was in the writing room at uh, for Sid Caesar's uh, show of shows. He uh, all of a sudden just turned to Mel Brooks and he said, hey, you know, there's a man who was actually seen at the crucifixion 2,000 years ago. And his first words were, oh, boy. And so it's just a line. It's just something, he, and Brooks went wild and started up, and that's how it started. Carl Reiner said, I always knew if I threw a question to Mel, he could come up with something. I learned a long time ago that if you corner a genius comedy brain in panic, <laughs> you're going to get something extraordinary. He's largely responsible for Steve Martin's career. Um, he directed uh, Martin's breakthrough film, The Jerk, and uh, Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. I mean, obviously, his uh, acting career, and on and on. My God, what didn't this guy do? He wrote memoirs, novels, children's books. He's got a book coming out, his daughter said. 
um, a book that came out just three years ago, Too Busy to Die. <laughs> God bless him. Oh, God bless him. And, you know, his son obviously followed in his footsteps um, and uh, is is very well known also as a, a director, as an actor, as a as a, a comedian, and as a political activist as well. And his beloved wife, who predeceased him, Estelle, who he talked about constantly, it was, you know her, because it was Estelle, his wife, and Rob Reiner's mom, who, when Rob Reiner directed when Harry met Sally, cast his mom, Estelle, in a role. And the role was an older woman sitting in a diner. And she's the one who had that one line when Meg Ryan is faking an orgasm in the diner. And she delivered it beautifully. Estelle Reiner said to the waitress, I'll have what she's having. We have a caller, I think. Hello. Hey, Lynn. Yeah. Hey, Lynn. It's Mike in D.C. Hi, Mike. So, um, listening to um, Carl Reiner's obituary, makes me wonder that during the Depression, how many Republicans were saying, no, we shouldn't give money for people to take acting classes. Of course. What a were. ridiculous way of <clears throat> spending money. Of course. And Democrats won. And because we invested yes. in the humanities back then in 1930, look at all we got because of that investment. Yeah. So I don't think Rob Reiner was uh, or Carl Reiner was a writer because he had, you know, he was around, he was, what did he say? He was a writer because, because what the, well, because no one would, when he came up with an idea, people would say, you're not a writer. I don't think that's the reason he's a writer. I think he was a writer because he found a world he didn't know existed. And he found that world through an acting class. Oh Yeah. Right, right. He was there was an opportunity he took advantage of and his life opened up. And had and during the depression. Yep. Yeah. And had during the yeah. depression they not invested in the humanities, we wouldn't have had um uh all of the shows he worked on. We wouldn't have even had Meathead on on no. um, All in the Family, because the reason no. his son is in the business is because his dad introduced him to it. That's right. So if we and want a thriving culture that makes us proud and gives us entertainment as a culture, we have to invest in that. Without a doubt. Oh, when did we get so stupid? When we were elected Republicans. Yes, All about time. dollars and cents for them. Yeah. It's all about dollars and cents. Okay. And how much would he have given, how much less would he have given the world if he stayed a machinist? Right. I mean, he would have been a delight to those who knew him, but he would not have been able to give the gift of himself to millions and millions and millions. And he wouldn't even know, knew that the world a different life existed. No. Talk about being robbed. Yeah. How many kids are being robbed now who don't get, um, whose schools cut music because they can't afford the, the instruments or can't afford a music teacher. They got a cop, but no music teacher. Yeah. They got a cop, but no nurse or no art teacher because that stuff just does not have value in our culture. Well, and we are the poorer for it. If only... In full, 
In full disclosure, I have my undergrad in the humanities. So, you know. Oh, well, what did you, how, you expected to make any money? <laughs> wow, is that, right. What are you thinking? Exactly. I have my Jeez. undergrad in musical theater. Right. The fucking humanities. The people, what? Jeez. Right. And the reason I'm good at my job now is because of that undergrad in musical theater. Sure. Because I know how to stand up in front of people. I know how to talk in front of people. I know how to not be worried about looking foolish. I know how to plan. I know how to work hard. That 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 degree taught me so much I can't even begin to tell you. And you know what? It's why you give so many people pleasure on this show and they say you're you're their favorite caller. There you Aren't go. You sweet. Aren't no, you? I mean it. That's all part and parcel of exactly what you were just saying. Thank you. Sure. Good to hear your voice. I missed you. Bye. 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 We have another caller. Um, hello. Hey, Lynn. It's Jonathan. Jonathan. Hi. Yeah, Hi. I was so sad yesterday when I saw about oh. Carl Reiner. I know. How, how lucky we were. I have... Um, uh, I have a box set of the 2,000-year-old man CDs, and they they did the first one, the first album, then they did one uh, called the 2013-year-old man. They did it, uh, you know, 13 years later. And what, for his bar mitzvah? Really, what was that about? Yeah, well, no, two, <laughs> I don't know why I would say that. It's funny. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. So much funny stuff in there. I was I was telling my daughter some of them, and there's... There's one bit in there when uh, Carl Reiner asks Mel Brooks about the, the discovery of fire. And uh, he said, oh, yeah, I remember it was a, a guy named Murray. And uh, <laughs> Murray, Murray was, was hit by lightning and his, his hair was on fire and all of Murray was on fire and he ran into the cave. And I remember I jumped up, I leapt to my feet, and I said, grab your marshmallows and your sticks. Hurry, hurry. <laughs> he said, but, you know, we, we rushed him, and, you know, unfortunately, we put Murray out. We were too greedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just such You know, and that's just that's them <laughs> riffing. That's just them yeah. riffing off the that top the of their heads. Yes, yeah. and that was the amazing part, and just endlessly funny. Years and years and years later, still, still funny. And um, but this was the definition of a mensch. Everything you read yes. about him, all the yes. stories you hear, is that he he was a, a mensch. And also, you know, he. He's older, obviously, died at 98. Uh, but this is somebody who latched on to this new phenomenon of, of Twitter and yes, ran, and ran with it. it. Yeah. And yeah. he ran with it as a way to communicate with people and really knew how to use it. And we were all so lucky for that. I'll miss his voice just like I miss Roger Ebert, used to be wonderful on, mm. on Twitter. Yes. And yes, I will I miss. I'm just so sad that he really wanted to live to see Trump out. I know. And I'm uh, so. But uh, and you mentioned, by the way, you mentioned Wanda Sykes. I I agree. There, I've never seen her in a scene that she didn't steal. She's <laughs> she's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. I happened to come upon a stand-up show she did uh, a few years uh -huh. ago, and it's after Trump, so she's all over him. After Trump, but pre-pandemic, and oh my God, it's funny. She. Do you follow is. her? Are you on? Do you follow her on Instagram by any chance? No, I'm not on Instagram. Well, she in her she is on there a lot, um, mm -hmm. and a lot of times she she's uh, she does videos, and she'll speak quietly so her wife doesn't hear her. And well, she, her wife is French, right? Yes. So she talks about her her wife or her kids and she'll have a glass of wine in one hand and boy, it's, it's, it's funny. Well, and, this, uh, this stand up bit, she does a lot with the wife. Uh, the wife is a French uh, white woman. They have yes. two kids 
who are white. So Sykes does a lot of stuff about living with these white people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, if if you get on Instagram, follow her. She's she's uh, okay. Very well. All right. right. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. All right. You. Thank you, Lynn. Love you. Love you. you. Bye. Bye. Oh my. Let's see what we got here. How come that didn't go through? Um, Noreen says a movie based on Reiner's book Enter Laughing has one of the funniest. Didn't they make that into a play too? And then a, a, whatever it has one of the funniest scenes I've ever seen. It involves his acting debut. I would recommend it in these times. Okay, so there's a the movie Enter Laughing. God knows we need a laugh. Uh, okay. Oh, here. Thank you. Thank you. Little Tony found his last tweet. Um, well, it's the last tweet about politics. Although his last few tweets were about Noel Coward. Oh, for God's sake. Oh, geez. Okay, so here was the tweet. As I rose at 7.30 this morning, I was saddened. This was from two days ago. I was saddened to relive the day that led up to the election of a bankrupted and corrupt businessman who had no qualifications to be the leader of any country in the civilized world. At the same time, Hillary Clinton, who had all the needed qualifications to lead our beloved nation, had received three million more popular votes than our Russian installed puppet president. Well, uh, that's a guy who was going to die in a few days. I mean, with that much fire still in his belly. God bless him. God bless him. God did. <laughs> God did. <laughs> Make no mistake. Um. So let's see here. Um, Bree. Hey, Bree. Yeah. Bree's always giving us news uh, that reminds us there's an, a world out there, <laughs> you know, beyond our, beyond the United States of, you know, pathetic America. There is an, a whole world, and some of it's doing uh, pretty. I mean, relatively okay, and other parts of it are not, and he is telling us about part of the world that is not. Um, he says, I have a former colleague living in Beirut. He says they are fairly close to total collapse. Yeah, I've been reading stuff about what's going on in Lebanon, and it's frightening. Currency is in free fall. Unemployment is at 50% inflation. The pandemic is ravaging them. It is, it is difficult, Bree says, to keep track of the world. But a lot is going on, and a lot that's not good. I, I It's interesting you say that, Bree, because... I wanted to uh, point out uh, two things that are going on uh, in the world that, you know, we just are not paying attention. And, you know, I'll give us a break in that, you know, as I said, we're, we're just scrambling to stay alive, um, uh, surrounded by uh, idiots and with no functional federal government. Uh, we're... You know, we're at sea and the captain is not to be found and and uh, the boat's taken on water. Um, one huge thing that has happened in the last uh, 36, 48 hours is that uh, China has, has made its move um, to take Hong Kong. And I, I don't think uh, with what they've done, I don't think there'll be any going back. They just passed a law. 
national security law. And um, they gave themselves uh, the authority to essentially police Hong Kong, which is which means <laughs> give it up. It's over. I mean, they just moved in. I so feel for all those people who've been in the streets for so long because they're now going to get killed. They're going to be imprisoned. Um, part of this new law that is now in place, you know, allows for, you know, just outrageous suppression of dissent. I, I'm assuming you recall that it was... Um, not that long ago, 1997, okay, when Hong Kong, that was a British, the Brits had Hong Kong as part of their colonial empire. And it was in 97 that China, a nation that was coming up in the world, and Britain, a nation that was going down, in the world uh, came to an agreement where the Chinese, uh, where Britain promised to uh, hand over Hong Kong. Um, But there was to be a semi-autonomous reality. And that is starting to cave and I, I can't imagine how many people are would want to run out of there now but how do you run during a pandemic um, it's a huge thing and I have to tell you that in Taiwan the other part of China that China feels it owns um, Taiwan is now very very nervous but that would take a full out war, I would imagine. I don't know. So just so I mean, I you know, sorry it ain't good news, but I mean that just just so you're you know paying attention to what's going on. Also out of China, and uh, you may have seen this. It's been reported um, for a few days now. Um, it's one of those things you don't want to know. And when I first heard about it, a friend tweeted me and I said, I'm going to pretend you didn't send that. I don't, I don't, I'm going to pretend I didn't even hear that. And what it is, is that a new strain of swine flu, H1N1, is spreading right now as we speak among workers on pig farms in China. And uh, according to epidemiologists and scientists, it needs to be urgently corralled because it has all the makings of a candidate to become a pandemic virus. Can you imagine these gifts from China? <laughs> they just keep coming. Another one. Um, it is not yet shown the ability of human to human transfer, but pig to human transfer. Oh yeah. I think we all need to become vegetarians. Um, I have a call. I have a caller. Okay. Caller, go ahead, please. Hello. This is Roger. I I, I don't know if I should give you the good news first or the frustrating news uh, first. Um, Do the frustrating. I'd rather end on good news. Okay. I was invited on a call yesterday from one of my vice presidents of my company 
about the policy of wearing masks in office. And right now, it's the only business I've been at that doesn't require masks in the office unless you're going to be within six feet of people. And so, you know, people, I see people in the lunchroom together, we're in the men's room together, like nobody's wearing masks except me. <laughs> so I only go in when I have to. I, I only go in when I absolutely have to. I work from home. I'm set up. And one of the higher ups who in our company was spouting, we just can't do things because people believe it. Some people believe it. Some people, I believe something, you believe something. We got to respect that everybody's beliefs. Wow. Because uh, if we keep this up, next thing you know, when Joe Biden's president, they're going to be taking our guns away. And that's what happens when you just follow people's beliefs in, in depth. I was flabbergasted. Okay, well, no, you weren't because you've worked for these people. You know, you've told us for years um, about this environment and that you work amongst them. And um, who are going to kill us all. These are the people who are destroying the great experiment of American democracy. I hate their well, guts. Well, the, the, the interesting part was, you know, we don't have any confirmed cases in our company. And then our safety director happened to be on the call and said, excuse me, but um, yeah, our, floor, our Orlando office just had their first one. We had to th- send three people home. It's out there. And I just said, I said, don't don't wear a mask because you feel safe. Wear a mask because you're being polite and respectful and you're concerned about other people. Oh, that safe. doesn't get anywhere. That That is a losing argument. We found that out. These are people who are self-interested above all else. They don't, they don't subscribe to a social contract. If you tell them wear a mask because you care about me or somebody else, they don't. They don't. Tell me the good news. Well, um, out of the blue, this was kind of something unexpected. Um, after my second dog passed away three years ago, we've been dogless for three years. Um, my wife crumbled at my at her cousin's request because he's being transferred to an uh-huh. army, army in, in Kansas. I we love made this. a whirlwind trip <laughs> to Fort Bragg, North Fayetteville, North Carolina. He has, a, he has a home. They've been self they've been self isolating for the past two months because that's what's required when they're you know going to be trans when they know they're going to be transferred. Uh-huh. And they just they just couldn't deal with taking a dog and a cat and have two little children, one special needs. It was just too much. Oh my gosh, I have a dog who's not neurotic <laughs> isn't it wonderful isn't it the best she she listens she's, <laughs> she's respectful she's, she's like, oh she just wants, wants to be with you and she's very quiet uh, isn't that you, oh i'm happy for you and that, it's like and i'm working from home so i can yes. give her the attention she needs oh like, if there's any good thing that came out of this um, you know, it was a crazy weekend, <laughs> you know, fl- driving 500 and some miles one way and back and, and you know, and, and, uh, and worth it because you have this lovely yeah. being. Did you take uh, the cats yeah. too? Oh, no, no. They're cats. Okay. It was the cat oh, okay. easy. The dog just, <clears throat> just couldn't give the dog a t- the attention. Uh-huh. And, um, of course, well, I'm so happy cool. for you because I live with a relatively, uh, wondrous dog too. And um, I don't know what I would do uh, without him in my life. Um, he is a, I mean, if I laugh during the day, it's usually because of him. Um, if I'm able to, I'm able to cuddle and hug a breathing, hu- uh, not human, I do think of it, a breathing being. I just, um, he gets me no matter my state, forces me out the door and, makes me take walks and reacquaint myself with uh, nature. And 
is the greatest, greatest thing. I'm very happy for you. Very happy yeah, for it, you. Yeah, it, it's nice. What's the doggy's name? My cat name? was annoyed. Harper. And I'm thinking Harper Lee, but it was after Harper Valley. But um, my wife couldn't stop singing Harper Valley PTA all the way home. Oh, no. <laughs> she gets in her head. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Harper. So it's been whatever. good. Harper. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank See, you for the good news. And we'll, okay. Ah, of joy. Enjoy you too, day. Roger. Thank you. Okay. I'm Bye. smiling. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> That's good. Ah, I was right. The good news lasts. <clears throat> okay. Um, you you know my uh, disdain for the stock market. <clears throat> and excuse me. <clears throat> I'm sorry. Um, you know, I, I, Wall Street Journal front page, stocks and best quarter in decades. <laughs> what? Okay, fine. The country is dying in more ways than one. And the Wall Street gang, woo man. They are partying. What the? What kind of disconnect is going on there? They like global. They think global pandemic is good for uh, yeah the, their their money, getting more money. I'll tell you, I know, I know, people are dying all over the world. Hell's breaking loose. There are people in the streets, blah, 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 blah. But yes, man, I see an opportunity to make more money. I hate these people. They disgust me. All right, so now... Sweet Mr. Fauci is, uh, Dr. Fauci is saying, uh, I would not be surprised if there were as many as 100,000 new cases a day. Well, that's what we're heading toward. And it'll happen sooner than later. It'll happen. These things have been doubling up. Um, We are now, what is it, 80% uh, new virus increase in the last two weeks. Or anybody see any signs of that coming down? No, we'll be at 100,000 new cases a day. Look where we are right here. There's more virus out your door right now than there has been since this started. We are a rudderless, captainless, worse than captainless. We have a captain trying to scuttle the ship. And we're surrounded by fellow Americans as stupid as the idiot that Roger works for. Multiply him by millions and you'll see that, oh yes, Dr. Fauci, we will be at 100,000 new cases a day in a, I don't know, a week? In a week. Here's our vice captain, vice president, Mike Pence, uh, yesterday. We're in a much better place than four months ago. Even two months ago. What world are these people living in? American Airlines going forward to begin selling all seats on all flights as this pandemic explodes in America. Republican Senator Rand Paul telling Fauci yesterday, all I hear is we can't do this, we can't do that. We need more optimism. (laughs) 
I'll tell you what, I'm optimistic that the Rand Paul and his ilk are incapable of um, of learning, of dealing with reality. And guys, um, I might not have known it was July 1st today. I thought it was <laughs> whatever. But that means, of course, the July 4th weekend is coming up. And how many of our fellow dimwit Americans are going to party up on the 4th of July? Hmm? Amazing. Amazing. blown away blown away um this from max boot the republican turned democrat he reminds us and if you've never seen it the movie idiocracy um that came out in 2006. Um, it was a box office bust. I've seen parts of it. And it's, it's uh, if you don't know it, it's uh, Luke Wilson, one of the Wilson brother actors, plays uh, an, a guy, average Joe, who... Uh, for some reason is in suspended animation and then he wakes up 500 years into the future and finds himself in a changed America, uh, an America filled with frigging idiots. And he finds himself the smartest person in the, in the country. And believe me, he ain't smart. But everybody else has gotten so stupid. As if, I think this movie was written by Mike Judge, and I, as if he was uh, seeing the future himself when he wrote it, the president of the country that um, this guy wakes up in and finds he's a genius all of a sudden is the president of America is a former wrestler and porn star who fires automatic weapons on television. Well, yeah, okay, we pretty much have that. And Max Boot says the only thing idiocracy really got wrong was the timeline because it has taken just 15 years, not 500 for America to become an idiocracy. Now all you have to do is look at, well, Roger's boss and your neighbors out there having a hell of a time. Um, in other well-off democracies, cases have plummeted. While here, they've risen 80% in the last two weeks. Right? Countries that are run by sane people who took charge are seeing a definite downward trend while we are exploding up. So yesterday, what? We had 40,000 new cases yesterday. In the European Union yesterday, there were fewer than 6,000. We had 40. They had fewer than 6,000, and there are more people. That's a bigger population, the entire European Union, than us. 6,000, ours 40, heading toward 100 a day according to Dr. Fauci. We have twice as many deaths as any other country. 
um, I mean, evidence of our stupidity as a nation. I mean, you know, you, I can say, well, I'm not, and I know you're not, but there is a, uh, unfortunately, <laughs> tens of millions who are. Florida's seen a 277% increase in the past two weeks, and its governor still is in denial. Texas, 184%. On and on and on and on and on. And this kind of stupidity is killing people, literally killing people. I don't know what we can do if a third of us are this stupid. And in a pandemic, their failure to do what needs to be done will kill us, will kill so many people. They'll kill frontline workers, all those brave hospital workers Max Boot did the crunch the numbers. He said, okay, Trump won 63, about 63 million votes last time around, 63 million. Of course, Hillary won 3 million more. 63 million votes. If only a third of those people, that's 63 million who voted for him, follow Trump and refuse to wear masks, just a third of them. If, if most of them, two-thirds of them say, hey, Donald, I love you, but, you know, I'm going to wear a mask. One-third hang with him on this. That'd be roughly about 19 million Americans, each of whom become a potential super spreader. And then throw in, Boot says, about 8 million similarly irresponsible uh, Democrats or independents, most of them presumably young and invincible or selfish, clueless. And what we have is a nightmare vision of a pandemic. He ends with, nobody forced so many Americans to act so recklessly. First by placing their faith in a president who doesn't serve it, and now in ignoring widely publicized scientific findings. We are living, and now dying, in an idiocracy of our own creation. Yeah. tough. Oh, maybe Goldman Sachs will save us. Uh, A national mask mandate could save the U.S. economy $1 trillion, Goldman Sachs says. Well, maybe that'll get through to these people who value money more than lives. Hmm? If the Fed's mandate masks You mean we could save a trillion dollars? Well, maybe I'll think about it then. Here's a apropos of absolutely nothing. Um, So what, baseball's going to start up? That's stupid, too. All of this stuff is stupid. We need to shut down. Sorry, guys. Um, Okay, so it's going to start up, and it's not going to have any of us in the stands. So, turns out there are people who live in apartments, condos, whatever, that overlook a major league ballpark, (laughs) And so they are going to be the only 
people able to see. And I don't know if there's any place in, I mean, in Pittsburgh, yeah, I suppose there are some people living up in some of those buildings uh, that front on, what is that, Fort Duquesne Boulevard, who with uh, binoculars could look into the the bowl of uh, PNC Park if you wanted to. But that that's, uh, Wall Street Journal says, you have to uh, know somebody who... Uh, who has this kind of a ballpark view because these people now are getting inundated with requests of people who want want to come over. Uh, so hang on. I'm pretty much waiting for the... Um, why did I lose my... I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Don't give me trouble here. Um, I'm sorry. Damn it. What's happening? Well, let me do anything. God, I hate this. I hate this. I don't know what's happening. I sound like an old person, don't I? I am an old person. I can't get my... Well, fuck you. I'm trying to get rid of you. Why won't you go away? Don't keep beeping at me. Excuse me while I scream at my... Does the escape button work? No. Okay. Um, I don't know what's happened. Gremlins have taken over. I can't get my... uh, Let me see if I can find some other way here. Okay. I'm, I'm waiting pretty much for the coronavirus thing. Okay. And, um, waiting for the the numbers, not that I even want to hear them. Here it is. I've gone back to my phone, so here. Um, Oh, God. Oh, dear. Oh, God. We're still in the hundreds. We were in the 90s over the weekend, yesterday over 100, today over Tuesday over 100, Wednesday over 100, 110 new cases just today. And listen to this. Ages range from four months. Some little baby. Four-month-old baby has it. To 85 years old. And that median age is still in the 20s. You friggin' idiots! You'll kill us all. That is so far and away, if you look at the graph of who has it, I mean, it is that age group, twenty, well, 25 to 49. And they're so far ahead of any other age group because they feel invincible, I guess. So, there that is. I think that does it for me. Oh, I wanted to ask, does anybody see anything? I saw a tweet. Um, I saw a tweet. Wow, this thing will not let me. Okay, I'm sorry. I was just going back trying to do something, and, and it simply won't. I've never had this happen. Okay. Um, I forgot what I... Oh, I saw a tweet, and now I can't get at it, but um, it it said that Wilkinsburg's mayor, who is... Um, I sat across from at an event at the August Wilson Center about three years ago. He's a young attractive black woman, I saw a tweet that said that she pointed a gun 
at protesters yesterday? I have not seen anything else. I don't know what that means. Um, And it seems shocking. And I had meant to ask that earlier in the show in hopes that somebody would have some information. Um, But it appears not. Okay, if you let let me know, because find that uh, something that begs a few questions. Okay. All right. I'm going to get off and uh, and do battle with my uh, computer here and um, try to stay alive. You guys do the same. I mean, the latter. And uh, be smart. Okay. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.